Welcome back for an episode 11 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on November, or December 29th, 2015. This is your host, Blue, along with our co-host, Justin. What's up? And Willie. Ow! We also have with us tonight, Pins Halo, our resident Halo lore guru. Even and all. <laughs> our topic for this episode is actually our our first foray outside of the Destiny lore with a basic look at Halo and the timeline of the, the Halo universe. Uh, before we start the show, however, just as usual, I want to run through just some quick notes. Our last chat was about the Guardian races. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts on it, please be sure to check out our Podbean site at focusedfirechat.podbean.com for archives of all previous chats. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject for within the lore of Destiny primarily. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on Tuesday morning for that new chat. Every Wednesday, around 10 p.m. Central, this week we're doing on Tuesday, we get together to stream a recap for the, of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate in the chat room. The topic for the next week's chat has already been decided and is actually already underway. It's going to be Guardians, the classes of the Guardians, and we're focusing on Hunters. Master Race. <laughs> and with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to Pins to uh, kind of kick us off back onto the Halo timeline discussion. All right. Well, uh, thanks for having me, first off. Um, when you're talking about the Halo timeline, um, when I first started trying to put this together, I'm like, oh, you know, start with the Covenant and the Covenant War, and then all of a sudden you start realizing, well, no, you got to go back a little bit further, and then you got to go back a little bit further. So, <clears throat> I'm going to try to run through this here, and we're going to touch on um, starting with precursors, forerunners, and then the the wars that the forerunners had with the uh, humans and the Flood, the Covenant. And then the Covenant and Human War, which is where most of the games fit. And then we'll handle some of the uh, four and five, what would be the timeline for four and five, which are after that. So to start it off with, um, <clears throat> first thing we need to look at are the precursors. Precursors are essentially the race of beings that um, created the entire universe and seeded the entire universe with life. Um, <clears throat> They're generally considered transcendent, which means having the ability to travel among galaxies and accelerate evolution of intelligent life. Yes, I know what that sounds like. Um, one of the so at about five hundred thousand BCE, which is before the Common Era, era the Precursors created what is known as the Domain. Um, it's nothing more than well, nothing more. It's a unified reservoir of 100 billion years of knowledge, and everything is all based upon neural physics. Um, around 150,000 BCE, they, the forerunners were created. Um, humanoid in appearance, um, and shortly after that came humanity, the, and then what would be all the races of the Covenant. Um, the whole point of this was the precursors were looking for someone to take up the mantle. The mantle is considered the guardianship of the galaxy and all life, uh, responsible for caretaking of all life in the galaxy. Um, around 100, uh, 
it was not long after that that uh, the precursors decided that humanity would be the inheritor inheritors. Uh, the forerunners did not like this at all and waged war against the precursors. Essentially, uh, pretty much wiping them almost entirely out. <clears throat> um, during this, the precursors realized that they needed to find a way to survive, and they reduced themselves to an inert, an inert powder, tending them to regenerate later on. Um, Which will come back and haunt people. <laughs> in a very, very big way, yes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> after that, the forerunners essentially took the mantle um, up and were acted as guardians uh, of the galaxy. They, um, their society was one that was really rigid and broken into what are known as rates. Uh, there were builders, they were the ones that designed and built all the foreigner technology, miners that obviously they did what they did, they uh, obtained the materials. They also um, could do planetary and stellar engineering. That was one of the things the forerunners could do. They could actually create planets and stars. In fact, they nearly wiped themselves out by trying to create stars in their own galaxy that all went supernova. Um, there were life workers. These were the, the, the rate that specialized in medicine and biology, and they also experimented on life forms. Uh, juridicals, they were judges. They were the ones that would sit in judgment of uh, and, and pass judgment on uh, for crimes and, and, and conflicts and whatnot. The warrior servants, just as they are, they are the warriors. They're actually the second lowest rate. Um, and they're mainly commanded by the didact. Um, they are um, the Prometheans are a specialized group that answer directly to the didact. Uh, and then you have the engineers. Uh, the engineers are a nano-mechanical servant tool. Their name as we know them are the Haragok. Yeah, yeah. They're the and, best ever, basically. <laughs> and just a little just a little known fact, not all Haragoks were mechanical uh, engineers. The life workers did also have specialized Haragoks that would help in healing. Uh, the last rate is one that actually no longer that was wiped out and merged well merged into the build rate was the theoreticals. Um, not a lot known about them. <clears throat> After one of theirs uh, essentially violated laws, was found guilty, banished to a cryptum that would ended up being sabotaged by somebody. So when they tried to when they went to remove her, she had died, and then after that, that entire rate was merged into the builder society. Um. Some of the key characters, and I'm gonna, I'll try to go through this pretty quick before I put everyone to sleep, of the Forerunners, um, because a lot of these come back, especially in Halo 4. Um, the first one is the Ordidact. Um, the Ordidact is the original Didact. He was the military commander for all Forerunner, Forerunner warrior servants. He's the one that fought um, <clears throat> against uh, humanity and also the flood. Um, he was banished to Earth in a cryptum and was awoken and then came back and then ended up getting banished once again into what is known as a burn, which is nothing more than a planetary system that's been totally consumed by the flood. 
uh, was driven mad because he was captured by the flood and then came back and um, was eventually thrown back into a cryptum uh, where, you know, in the shield world, shield world of Requiem, which uh, John 117 ended up releasing him by accident. You then have the Isodidact. Um, <clears throat> the Isodidact was actually a, another forerunner who was born, born stellar makes eternal lasting. Um, he originally was a, of the builder rate, um, ended up along with two humans, Chakas and Riser, ended up freeing the didact from his cryptum that was on earth and then traveled with him. Um, he then underwent what is known as a brevet mutation. A mutation in uh, Forerunner society is essentially coming of age. A brevet mutation is more of, a, of an accelerated way, and it's actually kind of dangerous. Um, and in doing that, you become you allow to get connected to the domain. Um, Which didn't work, if I remember right, because <clears throat> didn't isn't that wasn't that part of cryptum? No, no. Well, what ended up doing is is that the the or didact imprinted his memories and experience right. into Born Stellar, and it would only come through if the if the or didact had been captured or killed. So that way, someone could continue the fight. Right. That's correct. Thank you. Yes. Um, there was the librarian. Uh, she was married to the didact. Both of them. Um, she was the one who led to uh, what was known as the conservation measure, which sought to index <clears throat> all species in the galaxy. Um, so, uh, so the galaxy, so the galaxy could be reseeded, um, after the firing of halo rays. Uh, the next one is the master builder. Master builder is, uh, also known as Faber. He was a, leader of the builder rate that which helped them become a very powerful rate kind of corrupt uh he was one who actually commissioned the construction of the halo rays and he again he was the political nemesis of the war didact you then have <clears throat> the other the only two other uh forerunners really that are necessary right now and that is mendicant bias and offensive bias they were both AIs. They were known as, which are known as Ancillas in Forerunner technology. They were high rate, high class ones. They're known as Contender class. Uh, Mendicant Bias was tasked with organizing the Forerunner defenses against the flood. Um, it ended up that he was tasked to interrogate um, this being known as the Primordial, which was thought to be a precursor, also thought to maybe possibly have been the first grave mind. Um, which eventually corrupted him, turned him against the, the Forerunners, and Mendicant Bias was the one that led the attack against the Forerunners. Um, eventually, he was captured and exiled uh, by the Isodidact, although there was a segment left on uh, excuse me, a Forerunner key ship that ended up crashing on uh, the homeworld of the Shan Shayum, known as the Prophets. The other Ancilla is offensive bias. Um, its sole job was to defeat mendicant bias. Uh, it was less creative and independent, but it was infinitely more lethal than mendicant bias was. Uh, with that out of the way, 
Uh, <laughs> any questions so far? I know, I know this is, and this is just something that we kind of talked about in the chat was the, the differences of the grave minds. Cause I, I wasn't there a nuance difference. There's, there's yes. two uses for the grave minds. And I think that was confusing mm-hmm. a couple people. Yeah. You want to go uh, into that one real quick before we yeah. go into. Okay. This kind of goes back to a conversation based upon um, when the flood ended up take, uh, of a burn, which is when a flood takes over an entire planetary system. Um, <clears throat> there are these parts of the grave mine. There are these things known as key mines, which are um, they can they're hub controls for flood movement. Think of it as like a central server farm <laughs> in you know in a in a, in a for a global company, um, it's kind of like a server farm for Microsoft that would be in Seattle, and there's another one in Chicago or something like that. That's kind of the way that I ex- do that. The confusion came in <clears throat> because in the Halo games, in two and in three, we encounter a grave mind. What was made clear to me after discuss- after talking with uh, Halo Cannon was you have a grave mind, which is nothing more than when a flood infestation starts to gain significant biomass, it becomes sentient, and you know, and then you have the grave mind. The grave mind is the collective consciousness of the flood. Um, one single flood spore has the entire consciousness of the flood. Everything that has learned, everything in its memory, so every being that it has consumed, it has its memories and it has its intelligence. So, yeah. <laughs> so the different, the, 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 like I said, you have a grave mind, but you can actually have multiple of those in different systems. But the grave mind is the name given to the entire consciousness. Um, when you're talking about the primordial, it was considered a grave mind, not the grave mind, even though. Every, like I said, every one flood actually holds a collective consciousness. But so, that any <laughs> that as I have another unrelated question for you. Oh, here sure. we go. Yeah. Do you feel that Payan is oh a person? God, I knew it was coming. <laughs> According to everything I've learned in my own Greek mythology classes, no. Well, I disagree, sir. But continue. <laughs> what did I walk into? <laughs> I'm sorry. I had I had a young man wake up and, uh, and tell me that Willie Willie had not- Willie had the moment of um, every episode. Okay, continue. I knew it was coming. Yeah, he, Ghost Fragment was- Grunt. <laughs> Ghost <laughs> Fragment Grunt. Go. All right, the Forerunner Human War. Okay. Um, the human human race, uh, would prehistoric human race, at least in terms of the Halo timeline, actually was a spacefaring race. It was nowhere near as technologically advanced as the Forerunners. Um, they did ally with the Shanchayum, um, otherwise known as the Prophets. They, uh, which were more advanced, not still not quite as advanced as the Forerunners, but still more advanced. Um, <clears throat> Humans and forerunners pretty much both thought that both were arrogant and really didn't deserve to be at the station that they were. <clears throat> the 
humans um, started pushing out towards the Orion arm of the galaxy, essentially pushing towards what we know as the constellation Orion um, to try to, you know, gain more planets, gain more power. Um, in that, they ended up running into the flood. Um, although maybe I should correct that and said they actually created the flood. All that, the precursors, when they turned themselves into inert dust, well, they were all on cargo ships. The humans found the cargo ships, tested the, the found millions upon millions of vials of this inert dust, tested it. Their tests all showed that it was inert. It didn't do anything, except for, uh, when applied to these pets known as Faru. Poor Faru's. Yes, it became, they became kind of docile. What they didn't realize is, is that it was changing them on a genetic level. And it essentially changed the, the Faru into the flood. Um, <clears throat> humanity, humans, of course, realized this too late. At that point in time, they had lost hundreds of worlds to the flood. And so they st started to run. They started to push out away from the flood while also trying to hold them off. Um, and... Uh, Ran into the Forerunners, took over, you know, killed a bunch of Forerunners while taking over planets to try to expand, uh, which then <clears throat> led to the Forerunners waging war on humans because the Forerunners, even though they had run into the Flood briefly, they didn't think it was that big of a deal, at least not at that time. Um, the humans fought a two-front war while the Foreigners were pretty much just focused on the humans. Uh, when they did come across the flood, they essentially wiped them out with superior firepower. Um, until a point in time where humanity <clears throat> took one-third of its own population, modified them genetically, and fed them to the flood in an attempt to stop them. Which appeared to, it, it appeared to work. It The flood quit moving forward. Um... They still held hundreds of planetary systems, but they weren't they weren't moving forward. Um, however, because of this, they were weakened, and it ended up that the forerunners <clears throat> were able to defeat them. Um, there was a human stronghold called Chirum Hakor uh, that a number of humans surrendered on. Um, those people that were on Chirumakor were um, high-level humans. Uh, Forchenko, who was known as Lord of Admirals, Admirals who was the Didact's opposite. Um, many of these people were composed, meaning they were the Forerunners had the ability to turn organic matter into digital. They composed these people and then returned them into... Um, integrated them back into the genetic matrix of humans um, to try to – the only reason humanity was not wiped out was because they felt that humanity held the key for defeating the flood. Uh, what they did do is humanity was devolved to a pre-technology state, essentially primitives. They were limited to their own home world, Eden Tyrene, which – Earth, um, and and essentially were – were kept under very, very close watch by the uh, 
the forerunners and the the uh, <clears throat> life shapers, um, the forerunners. Um, the forerunners at this time, the builders were the ones that became the predominant rate. Um, and after a period of time, the didact kind of lost his political footing, and the juridicals in a in a uh, trial actually banished him in a cryptum where he was banished to Earth. The Shan Shayum, who were the allies of the humans, actually they surrendered well before the human the humanity was defeated, so they were just placed under quarantine. Um, they had been a he kind of hedonistic and turned to more religion. Um, so the so the forerunners just kind of let them stay inside their home system. After that, we're looking at the forerunner flood war. Um, <clears throat> towards the end of the forerunner human war, it became more and more prevalent that the flood was a bigger, bigger issue. Um, and it was starting to encroach into the forerunner um, realm. They, the forerunners had had some mixed results uh, in, in defeating them, but they could never figure out what the humans had done to push them back. After a period of time, uh, again, Born Stellar woke up uh, the Didact. Uh, this was after thousands of years. And <clears throat> the Didact returned to Forerunner Space, you know, to try to once again, you know, lead the fight against the Flood. From a political standpoint, the, this is when the Master Builder went ahead and banished him. Uh, they captured him, um, Born Stellar, which at this point in time had gone through the Brevet Mutation and was essentially became the Isodidact. And then the two humans, Chakas and Riser, that were with them. Chakas and Riser were put into quarantine on one of the Halo Arrays. Um, the Isodidact actually was the one that took over the military, and the Didact was actually banished into a burn. Um, actually, I forgot one part. The Isodidact was actually going to undergo a trial on the homeworld for the Forerunners. However, that trial was interrupted by Mendicant Bias and one of the Halo Arrays this point in time, Mendicant Bias had been corrupted by the Flood. Mendicant Bias brought a Halo Array in, pretty much passed judgment, and was ready to fire and wipe out all the Forerunners. Um, luckily, the Isodidax the, the imprint took over and was able to remember codes and whatnot to get some people free, and the Isodidax escaped, and had he had triggered the halo arrays to scatter even that was something even medicate bias couldn't stop but it wasn't in time to he the the homeworld was still fired upon and the halo ray essentially wiped it out after this um <clears throat> the didact again woke up in a burn which again is a planetary system taken over by the flood um and had been captured by by a grave mind and tortured until he was mad. He was not consumed because the, the flood wanted to return him to Forerunner space to see to uh, see disarray amongst the Forerunners. Um, 
isn't that, isn't that also when we kind of figure out learn about the key mines? Yes, yeah, that's the burn is where we start finding about the key mines, and um, like I said, that's there. You only find key mines whenever you're talking about a planetary system that's been infected by the flood, and Which they're massive. Is the collective, that's the collective. Uh, no, consciousness. Well, no, they, no. A, the, the the collective consciousness is still known as grave mind. A oh. key mind. Think of okay. Think maybe this is the best way that I can describe it. Think of a a or the grave mind as um, a worldwide network. The internet. Think of it. Think of a grave mind as the internet. A key mind is a hub of information, like a. Uh, a central hub in Seattle, let's say. Um, you know, you, you know where a central, like a one repository of information. Um, that's kind of what a key mind is. Okay. A, a, a grave mind would be one server farm in that, or like like the primary server in that server farm. That's probably about the best way that I can describe it. So, and the question that keeps coming up is, what's the hierarchy in the grave mine key mine relationship? And I don't, I mean, I almost get the feeling that there's really not. It's well, not like I'm, I'm looking at the uh, on the Halo Nation wiki right now, right? Mm-hmm. And it's saying the uh, grave mine, which also means thinking dead and fairy senentia, mm-hmm. is the second final stage in the life cycle of the flood, and is the ultimate intelligence of the flood. It is near omniscient creature with complete control over all flood forms. A yep. particular grave mine, the one that we know from Halo Two and Three, mm-hmm. is you know the pretty much an antagonist throughout both games. Right, right. And you know, if not the antagonist, when you when it comes down to it. So, like, the, would the would the key mind be the final form? Like, is that their final form, bro? Is what I'm asking you, Pens. <laughs> Is his level over nine thousand? <laughs> yes, that's what uh, I'm asking. Okay, give me one second here because I have to find this because this was a question that was brought up in the chat. And, and you know, didn't Halo, didn't we have to go to Halo Cannon or to get, yeah, to get I, the answer? I frankly went to one guy who I know who, who I know. I mean, if you're talking Halo lore, there are a few guys that I that I know you can go to who are simply awesome. <laughs> uh, Halo Cannon. Uh, is one of them, um, and it's Halo, and then Canon is spelled C A N O N. It's his YouTube channel. If you ever, if you ever have any questions about Halo lore, you can probably find a video there on it. Um, <clears throat> when I when I asked him, he and I said, that, you know, I kind of said I thought that the key mines were the next evolution of the grave mind, and he said that he had thought it the same until he got other clarification on it. Like I said, a great. <laughs> Because the the problem is, is you you can use the term grave mind to mean two different things, right. and um, neither Halo Wiki nor Halopedia really explain it explain that part well. Um, <clears throat> when you have enough flood and they form and they actually create a grave mind, that grave mind has again total control over all the flood in a in a particular area. The way that I've read it is those will once you get to a point where your planet, planetary system, an entire solar system, 
you essentially have key mines. But the overarching, um, what sits above them all is actually the overall consciousness of the flood, which is known as the grave mind. It's it it it's it, oh I got I I'm following you, you kind of, so yeah. you kind of, you kind of go from <clears throat> your your flood spores to your combat forms, uh, meaning a flood, and then you know eventually they form a proto grave mind. From proto grave mind, you get full blown grave mind, which is what you see in Halo Two and in Halo Three. Right, because like uh, that's the yeah. developmental stages of the infestation, right? Yeah, right. the feral stage, and this is off the Halopedia site. Mm-hmm. You got feral stage, which is the basically the simplest. That's the pheromone. Those are like the little face huggers that run popcorn around. Popcorn flood, yeah, the, the popcorn flood, yeah. Popcorn. And then, oh god, those things are so mm-hmm. annoying. But and then you have the coordinated stage, which I'm assuming is when that's when the grave mine emerges, <clears throat> and then you have yeah. interstellar stage. Which is when the flood take control of spacefaring technology, mm-hmm. and then you have transgalactic stage. But it says this is a theoretical stage in which the flood utilizes all captured technology to depart to uninfected galaxies to further replicate. Which I'm assuming is what was happening in the Forerunner human. Yes. War. Yeah. What? Well, in both Forerunner human and the Forerunner flood. Uh, at that point in time, you know the 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 final battle between. Um, the 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 forerunners in the flood. <clears throat> At that point in time, what was decided was, and let me just, I'll just go through this. The Ordidact, um, after being driven mad, still believed that the best way to defeat the flood would be to not use the halo rays because he's right. considered that you know against the, the the mantle. Mantle. So he took the composer and traveled. And the humans that were under the the life workers, and particularly the life shit, the librarian, um, he went ahead and composed them all and turned them into Prometheans, and would have done that with all the humans on Earth too, to turn them into soldiers to fight the flood. This greatly upset the librarian, who then ambushed him on Requiem, which is, Requiem Requiem was a shield world. Uh, shield world is a <clears throat> a man-made planet that um, was to act as a fortress against the flood. Uh, you know, you had much like how you have different kinds of weather and whatnot on a halo ring. You had that on uh, inside the shield world, um, and it because <clears throat> it was a, it was basically a Dyson sphere, wasn't it? Yep. yep. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. One. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, what you ended up having there is okay. um. Sorry, no, my, train right derailed, my train of thought derailed <laughs> there for a brief minute. And anyway, the, the librarian banished him into a cryptum and left him on Requiem to, to contemplate what he had done and to meditate with the domain. At this point in time, the Isodidact doesn't really have much of a choice. The only option is to fire the halo rays. The librarian goes to Earth to make sure that <clears throat> as many of the humans can be saved. Um, <clears throat> it's at this time that, uh, for those of you who've played Halo 3, will know the terminals 
are nothing more than letters and messages back and forth between the didact and the librarian. Right. Where the librarian is pretty much saying, you need to fire the rings. It's her only option. Didact doesn't want to fire his ring because he knows what's going to happen to it to her when he does. Doesn't have a choice, and he ends up firing the rings. Um, <clears throat> just prior to this, the the grave mind, the greater consciousness of the flood, speak to the librarian and let them know that the domain, which is a precursor construct construct. If the rings get fired because it's based upon neural physics and Justin, I think it was a conversation I, you had asked the question of what happens when the, the halo array fires. <laughs> it essentially the, the halo array will, if anything with a nervous system, gets vibrated to death. Yes, I love that. It's not pleasant. No. <laughs> at all. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and I remember that, that conversation. Everyone was like, oh, <laughs> oh, like, you could just... That's literally worse than I thought. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's a real... If you look it up on Halopedia, it's a real technical technical kind of thing. It essentially vibrates you to death. You know, it, it essentially puts you in... It shatters your neural, your neural systems, and you die. And that's how you defeat the Flood. You take away his food. Right. In doing this, because the domain was based upon neural physics, There's a side in firing side. the rings... You will destroy the domain, which means the didact who the librarian had entombed in a crypt, in a cryptum, hoping to meditate against the domain to find peace, would be left with nothing more than his thoughts of anger and hatred. I.e., that's why he has a giant chip on his shoulder when we wake him up. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Chip on his shoulder and a weird bird, bird beak type mouth. Um one thing that I did yeah. not catch on my first playthrough of the mm-hmm. Halo series was the fact, and I don't know how to catch it, but that's a different story, but was the fact that the uh, the didact and the librarian were actually husband and wife. Yes. Um, yeah. That actually blew me away. I was When I went back Master Chief Collection, it was like, say what? Mm-hmm. And all that, all that dialogue between them <clears throat> suddenly made so much sense. Yeah, um, they, all the conflict with the didact. It's like, come on, man, just do it. Mm-hmm. Just so do you know, you, you know do. all those cutscenes that you kept skipping. Uh, yeah, well, you know, do you know who played <laughs> played Halo? It was twenty four year old Justin. It wasn't evolved. It, it wasn't my final form either. He went and got a beer during cutscenes, but I, no. I'm loving it. I'm loving it right now. The Halo. Now you're drinking scenes. a beer during cutscenes, and <laughs> you know. Makes them all that much better, man. <clears throat> the Halo, the Halo Three terminals are really good for the the, the letters, and the Halo Four cutscenes are really good for the general the general story of the librarian and didact, but of the forerunners as well. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's kind of done in that pastel art kind of style, uh, oh, but it's so good. but it's they really they are good. really good. They're very well done. Um. <clears throat> so, all that being because, said, yes, to, and we're actually pretty much at the end of the Forerunner Flood War. Um, the the Isodidact and a few other Forerunners actually did survive. Um, they were the controls to fire the Halo rays were from a uh, the Halo factory, which is known as the Lesser Arc, uh, which was actually well outside the galaxy. 
um, because they're outside of the galaxy, they were outside of the array, the the uh, the blast from the synchronized halo rays. And actually, one thing I forgot, there were actually, uh, let's see, eight, 12 halo rays. Uh, so there, there were a bunch of different halo rays that, uh, that fired and were synchronized. So, and it's only because they were synchronized. That was the other thing. So one halo is not sufficient to wipe out the entire galaxy. It Mm -hmm. required a synchronized concentrated effort from all 12 to actually eradicate the entire known galaxy. Yes. And so that was another thing that I think in the chat a couple of people were not aware of as well. I mean, they knew they knew that there were multiple halos, but they only I think they just assumed that um, they were just backups. Right. No, they, they they all took positions around the Milky Way, and uh, you know, out in the galaxy in general, and then fired. Um, and just and real, this is this. this no, is, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Kashin had a really good question. She she's saying, do the flood have nervous systems? Um, I.e., does the halo ray vibrate them to death as well, or do they just die of starvation because everything else is dead? So yes and no. Um, the forms that are above the because remember the flood are basically the powder that that powder stuff mm-hmm. that infects things. So that part doesn't die. But the 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 evolved forms will be destroyed. But as long as there's a spore left, they can just reform. Like yes, they, and so they yes and no. And you answer that question. Yes, mm-hmm. the the halo rays will vibrate them, but it won't kill them. It will just reduce them back to their original form. And then as soon as they find a new host, boop boop boop, they're back. So that Pretty was much. that was the concept was destroy everything that they can eat, and then. Hope that they will starve. <laughs> yeah, or find something else to eat. the The best way, which either way worked out really well, by the way. Yes, it yeah. did. <laughs> this this is a line come out, that came out of the Halo Encyclopedia when they talk about the firing of Halo rays. All sentient all sentient life within three radii of the galactic center dies as planned. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, as a quick wrap-up, the remaining forerunners uh, start the process of reseeding the ga- uh, life back into the galaxy. Um, all of the all the races, humanity, all the races that would eventually form the Covenant, and then go into exile. And so, in theory, the forerunners, there are forerunners still out there someplace. And who knows if we'll see them again. Is there a uh, is there a didact at large, so to speak, <coughs> as we sit at the end of Halo Five? I don't want to get too much into spoilers. At the end of Halo Five, yeah, yes. Well, okay. This is well. Since you asked, the didact once it was once he was well. Let me back up. The or didact once he was reawakened. Um, at the end of Halo 4, with the help of a breaking down a Cortana that is going rampant by the minute, Master Chief is a, actually able to pull to shove a grenade in the Didact's chest and knock him into 
knock him off of the uh, the co- the composer, which was at that point in time attacking Earth, specifically New Phoenix. Now, for a long time, no one knew what the hell he fell into. It ended up that was a slip space, slip space portal. The, the Didact then appears on one of the remaining Halo arrays. And this is all in the Halo Escalation comics. Um, <clears throat> yep, and as Justin said, yep, Blue Team, Blue Team hunted him down. Um, it ended up that the, <clears throat> excuse me, the didact was at the Composers Forge, which is nothing more than a whole bunch of different composers with the ideas of rebuilding the Promethean Army. Um, Black Team, which is another Spartan Two uh, team, um, which was an awesome team. Yes, yes, from Halo Bloodlines, um, fought the didact and lost. They all did, it was which was sad. a. Which was a real crappy way to take them out. It was really sad. <laughs> it, it ended up that with help of the monitor of the array, <clears throat> they were able to... The chief went to the control center and essentially uh, ejected a piece of the halo array and either... This is where it gets a little tricky, but no one's 100% certain um, whether or not the the ray fired or the didact was composed. All you see him is him is excuse me breaking down. At this point, the only thing that the UNSC will claim is that he is no longer an active threat. <laughs> the other the other one, the ISO didact, <clears throat> and this one's this one's. A little bit far. This one's kind of an interesting, but for anyone who played Halo CE, there's the scene where Cortana tells Chief that, yeah, if you activate the Halo array, it's going to kill all life. And Chief looks at Guilty Spark, uh, 343 Guilty Spark. Oh, yeah. And says, and says, you once asked me, you know, yeah. if I had to do it, would I fire the array? My answer would be, is yes. If you read the second, if you read the in, in the last, and for those of you who haven't read it, I'm sorry, I'm spoiling this. There is a quote in the third book of the Forerunner series, it's a Silent Silentum, Silentium, where the Isodidact asks three four three Guilty Spark that question: If it was up to you, would you fire the array? And um, just to let you know, because of an accident, 343 Guilty Spark was actually created from Born Stellar's friend Chakas. So, Poor Chakas. Yes. <laughs> Not that we're jumping around, but I knew this was going to happen. But well, anyway. this no, is, I mean, awesome. this, is, this is pretty much it. So, like, all this is kind of tied back into the Forerunner trilogy, which yeah. we're, we're kind of talking about that in chat right now, too. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, that was a lot of people's complaint <clears throat> about the fourth game. Was mm-hmm. that it didn't make a lot of sense, and having only read the first book in the trilogy, just simply because I can't find the second book for the life of me, um, having only read the first book, four already makes a lot more sense just from that information, 
And right. it, it's kind of one of those weird juxtapositions that in order to understand what game you're playing, you have to go out and read like five books. Um, <laughs> That's not so much the case in the early ones. With right, four right. four and right. with five, yes, there you, you, need have a, you need to have some measure of knowledge of the external fiction. And, and if you talk to a lot of people who like Halo, love Halo, will say that that's probably one of the weakest things of the game is you'd still need to know a lot of the external fiction. An awful but, lot. <laughs> yeah. But this this one part, you know, because if you look at what Guilty Spark told spoke to you about as Master Chief in Halo CE, and based upon what the Isodidact asked Chakas in Silentium, you could there is a theory out there that says master chief john master chief john 117 is the isodidact reincarnated yes so, wow. because there's also the scene in mm-hmm. Halo 4 where the librarian starts jacking around with people yes yeah well, does she rearrange john's molecules she, so that he's immune to activate, the composer? She activates the G. The, I, I'm going to mispronounce it. The Gaosh. The Gaosh. Well, no, no, it's not. It's, it's not the Gaosh. The Gaosh has always been there. Well, what he okay, does, yeah, what, what, he, right. what he, what she does is activate an immunity to, to composing. composing. Yeah. Yes. So let me uh, see here. Now, I don't have. It would take me a little bit too long to find. <laughs> Okay. Oh, we've got, we've got and was it the, that yeah, theory comes I'm, from? I'm trying, yeah, that, I'm trying to find which theory we're hearing. Hang on, hang on here. I did realize that we depended on you for a majority of this episode, right, Pens? Yes, yeah. I know, yeah, I know, I know. Lean on pins. I just um, need, I just need you to are the man with the plan, sir. That would actually jive with the whole... Um, there's a recurring theme throughout the series. Uh, I wouldn't say through CE, but from Halo 2 on... There's something special about John. Like there's – he's the chosen one. He's Neo. He's whatever you want to call him. But they keep referring back to the fact that he's special. Um, and I think the librarian actually says this. Like Yes, she does. When she yeah. scans him, and she, so does, she uh, mentions Cortana. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and Cortana I think mentions when she uh, – I, I think it's well, Halo Guilty 3. Spark does it too. Um, yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, in the that's, that's, first uh, cutscene from the from the the remastered Combat Evolved, you know, he's getting ready to fire all the weapons at the at the ship. Then <clears throat> he sees John's on board, and he's like, "Well, actually, yeah, you guys can come in. Mm-hmm. Got a couple tests to do. Got to make sure you're the real deal. But you know, you guys are all right." Which right. I, I found that very, very interesting that once he found out Chief was on board, he was all about business, you know? Yep. Here's the quote. Here's the quote. This is a quote that 343 Guilty Spark speaks to uh, Master Chief. Um, okay. Last time you asked me if it was my choice, would I do it? Having considered the time to ponder your query, my answer has not changed. There is no choice. We must activate the ring. This is 343 Guilty Spark speaking to Master Chief. This is a quote the Isodidact asks of Guilty Spark, 343 Guilty Spark. Now, old friend, we have the most important job in history, perhaps in all time. 
you may very well outlast all of us here. You may see the new, the new galaxy emerge. Tell me, Chakas, if this was your choice, after all we have seen and survived, would you fire the rings? That is That right there, with those two quotes, is what makes a, a lot of people think that Master Chief is either imprinted with or reincarnated of the Isodidact. Well, because the Forerunners seeded humanity, did they not? Correct. Correct. So it, it stands to reason that there would be an Isodidact in the bunch, right? Well, not necessarily. Well, not you have to remember. Yeah. Go ahead, Pence. Because you have to remember, there's only two ways the Didact's imprint would have gotten there. One would have been from the Didact himself, and he was cap. He was cap. He was uh, locked away in a cryptum. The Isodidact survived and went into exile. So the the options there are something happened. Ex Deuce Machina, or how's that? I can't even remember how that's pronounced. Ex Deuce Machina. Oh, the Deuce Ex Machina. Deuce Ex Machina, where, okay, okay, yeah, we're just going to make him, you know, right. essentially reincarnated. Or there was an imprint that the librarian took without of the Isodidact without, without his knowledge and then used that imprint into humanity, eventually leading to the eventuality of John 117. So... Right, because, I mean, there's also the argument that that was the imprint being passed on was part of, or the imprint being finalized was part of what she did in Halo 4, which doesn't really explain, well, it, I mean, it kind of would just confirm that theory. Yeah, yeah, that but, would have just confirmed it. It would not have, uh, because, because it, I mean, it obviously was already in place if in right. CE, but. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or. To borrow a line from Willie, 343 Guilty Spark is just batshit crazy. Yeah. Which is also possible. <laughs> yes. Because he, he doesn't have so. any of he doesn't have any of his other his other um whatever they're called to converse with. He has no Maybe. monitors yeah. and all the monitors yeah. are gone. Yeah. But there's so. a there's a word that Penn's used there that I really like, which is eventuality. And John is referred to as an eventuality a couple different mm-hmm. times, right. which to me is a was a mathematical, you know, a mathematical occurrence within a yeah. system of equations that's gonna happen. <clears throat> it's it's gonna it's going to occur mathematically, no matter what happens. Yeah. Uh, which leads me to think that this he might not be the first of his kind. Um which definitely is – it's an intriguing theory that he might be a reincarnation of the isodidact. Um, well, yeah. And, yeah, Kyojin just is bringing up an, an idea too. You know, what if – and this is kind of going off on a kind of a tangent here. But what if Chief is only part of the isodidact? Because he's his point is he's saying, he says that he thinks it's possible that the isodidact may have had something to do with Cortana's creation, which then imprinted on John. I would maybe, – Maybe as if they're like two pieces of a puzzle – that are supposed to be connected. Well, it, it that is possible. I would probably lean more towards it's more the librarian, uh, you yeah, know, she, because she has because, a history of manipulating things like this too. Yes, because here's the one thing you have to remember when you're talking about J- uh, Master Chief and Cortana. 
when you're talking about those two, it's a love story, but not a love story. Um, it, it is. Uh, know, my my wife reminds me of this every time. You know, it, it, it you know, a lot of people don't like to admit that. I think, but it, it is. It's <laughs> it's kind of it, it is. I mean, here here's the thing: the way John was raised, the way he was brought up. You know, he was a Spartan too. He was taken when he was a six year old kid, inducted into the military. You know, trained trained by some of the best. Went through a bunch of augmentations extremely dangerous and was able to get out and came out essentially to be um, the greatest soldier ever created and then paired up with an AI, uh, Cortana, which was a – most human AIs are forbidden to be made from a live human brain. Catherine Halsey <laughs> – in standard it's probably, fashion, probably yes. a good reason for that. <laughs> well, it, well, yes and no, but in standard fashion, Halsey <laughs> ignores this and creates Cortana. I, I, I think I, I think I said this once. It's like you could do two hours on just whether or not you know on Catherine Halsey by herself <laughs> if um, she's a good person or not. Yeah, that's um, like I mean, okay. in, anyway. also brought up the whole thing about the. You know, Sarge being immune to the flood and that manipulation that Halsey did to John. She was like, oh, yeah, here's a thumb drive that says that he's immune. It's up to you whether or not you want to turn this over to Oni or not. It's like, mm-hmm. God, you're such a bitch. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it, I, respe- I respect <laughs> her for giving the choice to John, but at the same time, the way <clears throat> she did it was kind of like, um, this is all on you. So you yeah. make the decision. I don't want anything to do with it. I really did like seeing. And if have y'all seen the new Fall of Reach? Um, I'm going to. I don't know what you want to call it. The, no, the yes. movie. Yes. Pins, oh my. Pins oh my God. It's so awesome. Pins has um, a few opinions. It is. About it, it. it is. Uh, okay. <laughs> it, is, but, it, is, but, it is a great way to introduce to Halo Five. However, being the Lord that I am, there's parts of it that make me cringe. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's. I imagine there's some inconsistencies. The thing I liked about it was seeing Halsey at a time before she was so damn self-righteous. Mm-hmm. Because the tone at which she enters Halo <clears throat> 5 with is just like completely flippant about the whole everything. The abductions, mm-hmm. the deaths, everything. She's just like, I think I think history will will vindicate me and all this bullcrap. But well, if, but if you watch the fall of Reach, four, she in actually – in the interrogation room. Yeah, the unknown dude. Which, yeah, maybe that's uh, the one I'm thinking of. It actually yeah, that, 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 that would have been in, that would have been in four and in Spartan Ops. Yes, right, exactly. And well, I just liked seeing her. She's tore up at the at the subjects. You know, the 33 percent who died. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. She says children. You know, they're children. They're not subjects. That 33 or however many children are dead. And then the, she just says, "I hope, I hope this doesn't come back to bite me in the ass." The, I, I enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed the whole thing. Actually, I thought it was wonderful. But I'm not as knowledgeable as Pence, and knowledge is well. A curse. I think well, there, yeah, there yeah, are a yeah. number. There are a number of people who said that it didn't um, match up with things that were that were expressed in the book. Like there were things that happened in the book that just didn't happen. Because mm-hmm. what the the critique, and I, I, I haven't <clears> seen it yet, so because Halo Channel won't give it to me, it's really annoying. <laughs> um, but bought the damn legendary edition for that thing and but i have my statue so you know what i have half of what i got um yeah 
but yeah, so like I think that was the biggest critique that I've seen is that there there are mm-hmm. some pieces in the book that like I don't know if they necessarily went completely the opposite or they just didn't show and they were kind of crucial to the story and that's kind of the problem. Yeah. So it is the Halo lore nerds Hobbit. That's what you're telling me. Pretty much, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably a good way to put it. Um it, it it does a very good job of laying things out, so you, it's a great lead into Halo Five. Um, and in and there are some actually really good parts of it that actually do sit very well with a book. The problem is is that book um, is my favorite in the entire Halo series. Um, and I don't think you're alone in that statement. And which I just I mean, bought, by the way, right after. Oh that. my god, that and, book is amazing. I'm a little but, late in my prep, but I'm going to be reading it pretty soon. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, Eric Nyland uh, did an amazing job with it. Um, and, you know, I was really, really looking forward to see, okay, how's this going to adapt and how they're going to do this and that. And, and it's, yeah. But, okay. Um, Want to move on to the Covenant Covenant War? Oh, uh, yeah. We could, do, we could do that unless there's any other. So, uh, like, just to touch one last thing um when you're talking about cortana and john um take everything else out of it when cortana chose john and she did choose him mm-hmm. she manipulated she had, things to choose him no no what she did was she was already oh, like no, over 90 percent right. yeah, yeah, compatible. Yeah, she right. just she just modified her programming slightly <laughs> to make her like 99.9 percent <laughs> compatible with john so yeah Essentially, wasn't, wasn't it down? Wasn't it down to like two or three candidates, like, and then she was like, "No, I like him." No, no, uh, she pretty much. Oh kinda, no, no, that's right, that's right. Yeah, she she chose John right off the bat, yeah. and it was actually Halsey who had some misgivings on that. You're right. Because what, what was the quote from Halo Three, where she talks to him in the opening cinematic, where they're where they're crash landing about why she chose him? Oh, because he had luck. He had luck. There you go. I wonder if there was anything to that, or if that was well, just a and really I, nice I think piece of dialogue. There was that, but there was also, I mean, there was other, I can't remember, was that, was that Fall that that happened in? I want to say it was Fall of Reach, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. And there's like, I mean, there's like, there's an entire half chapter, or at least a, at least a half chapter. I think it, it's, I mean, it was, a, it was an awesome, awesome section to read. It was, yeah. And it, it really shows you Cortana's personality. And mm-hmm. the other the other one that shows you Cortana's personality is the uh, short story where it's her versus the Grave Mind. That was Human a, Weakness oh by my, Karen Travis. God, that was such an awesome story. But yeah, those those two pieces like that that gives you the biggest window into way the way Cortana sees things. And mm-hmm. then and then she is not above going going a little bit on the dark side to protect John or to. Oh. Um, correct wrongs that she perceives as being made against him. Um, uh, I already know which one you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> she she <laughs> completely screwed with a... Uh, was it an admiral? Colonel Ackerman. <laughs> Colonel Ackerman. Oh my yeah. god. He... he Yeah. That was that was another part of Fall of Reach that you're going to enjoy. She, she, it, it just, it's, Fall of Reach <clears throat> shows you a lot about Cortana as much as it shows you about John, it shows you, I would say, I would argue even a little bit more about the way Cortana views their relationship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
in Halo 4, there's um, one scene just before John and Cortana leave uh, the Infinity. One of the la I mean, one of the, one of the lines in the cutscene is, "Before this is over, please figure out which one of us is the machine." Oh nice. yeah, yeah. You, sometimes I wonder who's more machine, you or me. Yeah. Followed and by actually the the one line that actually did almost you know almost broke me was take the girl for a ride. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> This game is going to make me cry, and it did at the end. Um, yeah. Kojin, uh, Forward Unto Dawn is an amazing, right. amazing story. And um, it's definitely far, worth watching. As far as um, he's also questioning, wasn't the librarian the one who gave Halsey the way to turn Cortana into the program? Well, so the smart AI were already in existence at that time. So they, they already knew how to create smart AI. The only difference between Cortana and a general smart AI is a smart AI is usually designed off a scan of a, a deceased human brain. And mm -hmm. Cortana was designed off of a living brain, i.e. Halsey's brain, which clone is the brain. argument. What's yes. that? Oh, yeah, was, clone brain. She, was cloned, a fly, yeah, her, the, she, she cloned She loves herself. clones. Um, um, and, and so, and go for sorry, it. but but there are also the other thing you have to remember that is there were three, three or four total vi total viable brains that could have been created right. into AIs, and Cortana was actually the first one. So the question remains: What happened to the others? <laughs> right? Are they still active? Are they still someplace? Well, yeah. and I guess it depends on when they would be activated because we know that mm -hmm. Cortana, even Cortana is not immune to rampancy. <coughs> it, no, well, but it, well, yeah, except for yeah. now she is, but that's, that's a Rasputin you know, origins confirmed. Spoiler. Origins. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I could. Okay. Since we're already off the rails. Oh, here we no, go. No, we're, it's early. <laughs> yes. Um, in the creation of smart AI, smart AIs have a lifespan of seven years. However, based upon Halsey's journal, and I would recommend anyone who has the ability to pick up Halsey's journal. I it was, uh, it, it, it was in, well, it was included in the legend, in the collectors and legendary edition of, of, uh, Halo reach. Yeah. Um, in that book, she says there are a couple of ways to try to come go beyond the seven year lifespan. One of it is to use a triumvirate of AIs. The other one is to, form an AI inside of a slip space. Oh, that's mode. right. Yeah, I remember that argument. What was what was when at the end of Halo 4, Cortana goes, I left most most of me is down there. What was below them on the composer? It was so a slip, slip space, space portal. Sure. Yeah. Well, but we know that she created Cortana in a slip space. No, no, no. We don't know that for a well, fact. But it okay, is that just is that just a theory? That's that's just a theory. That was a theory. Well, she had that that was a way to do it. And and her um, that comment in Halo Four definitely kind of points to that though. Yeah. And the, the 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 journal actually mentions it. And the greatest thing about the journal and the most annoying piece is there's two pages that are torn out of almost every copy of that or of every copy that I've seen. It was deliberate, and no one knows what was on those two pages. All we know is that just oh, they, before just before that, Halsey's talking going about back to Halsey making Cortana in a slip space. Mm -hmm. In Halo Four, isn't she going rampant 
in a majority of that game? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Which is where so, Halo Five, which is where Halo Five, kind of much like my computer. Oh, Halo mm-hmm. Five. I mean that that whole thing just confused me because I mean I'm sure they're going to try to clear it out. Well, they clear point. they clear it up a lot in Halo Five because well, she. Are we able to talk spoilers on Halo Five? Uh, um, I I, I uh, we, okay. Because okay. like I haven't finished the campaign, but I know where it goes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, the way the way she gets the way Cortana gets around Rampancy is actually introduced. Well, it's introduced in Halo Five because she reactivates the domain, which is basically a giant cloud server. So now she's because what what Rampancy is. So smart AIs literally after seven years. They're a confined program, and just like with any confined program, after a while you run out of, of basically RAM, and you can't like they don't they don't. There's no way to go through a deep stone crypt subroutine. There's no way to defrag themselves, and so they literally right. think themselves to death, and they they kind of fracture into a million pieces, and then they just they they have to be turned off. Um, so what happens in Halo Five is when she reactivates the domain, when you get that cutscene where she's reactivating the domain, what she's actually doing is she's tapping into an unlimited cloud server, which basically means it's it. And I think she does actually call it the Waters of Life for the AIs, yes, because what does. it does is it gives her infinite processing capabilities. She doesn't have to worry about thinking herself to death because she doesn't need to worry about clogging down her her abilities. So now she's she is now immortal basically, in that sense. I thought she was doing that just so she could get through to the other AIs. There was that, too. Like, there, there well, is a Penn's like, um, awesome thematic analysis She seems too. like early in the beginning when she first contacts Sheaf and all that, she's already controlled a rampancy. Right. Yes, that is, that is true. Um, one of the things, the theory that I had on it was because it was a slip space portal, let me, okay, in Halo 4, Cortana had split herself off to try to stop the didact and eventually split, to actually pin the didact down. So there, she split her, she split off her rampant pieces. Um, so even though they're all her, the one at the very end that that we see that fades away is the one that is the one that John is the most familiar with. So that means the rest of her pieces fell into the slip space portal. Now, like I said, there's a theory out there that when creating AIs, that if they get formed in a, in a slip space portal, because t- you have time dilation and all that stuff, it uh, it actually all you you essentially exponentially increase the amount of RAM that an AI can use. So it is possible that. Cortana reformed herself in the slipspace portal and in doing so granted her more space to actually move beyond rampancy, which is also known as metastability. And then, um, but because she was missing that, the one component, you know, that was closest to John, um, she took a tact of, okay, I need to make sure that every, that, there's no way that John has to keep going through all this and I need to bring priest to the galaxy so he can rest. And that's when she picks up what she does. And she also doesn't, she also assume that the AIs are the actual inheritors of the mantle. Yes. Yep. That is exactly, that's why she offers them a way to makes you wonder, does she got a little bit of forerunner in her? 
Yeah, uh, that is more than likely the case because – Well, she's tapping uh, into the domain now too. Yeah. Well, she was tapping into Forerunner Systems way back on well, in Halo. that's true, yeah. And it, in the novels, when you talk about um, Cortana, um, in the, the novel First Strike, she was actually after um, like a year or two of actual service, she was running into problems processing because she had took in all kinds of information off of the Halo ring. And it and the only way that she was actually able to work again was Halsey had to delete a bunch of information from her. Right. I, I do remember that. So. It's funny, I kinda see a I see a parallel with the flood there with Cortana. It's as as she absorbs all this new data, she's constantly getting smarter. Uh it's just like an aggregate effect, the way yep. the flood would absorb new new species and new cultures and then gain intelligence glean intelligence from it they would grok it yeah man the highland reference <laughs> i was gonna bring up the moon as a harsh mistress and, and i beat you me to the highland reference okay <laughs> yeah literally yeah, so. literally they're grokking it yeah i can imagine after just i mean she seems to pick stuff up every every cut scene so I can imagine she's she's pretty clogged down. Yeah, I mean, in the in the games, she's not omniscient. At least not in the first four. Um, you know, there. I mean, Joe Staten actually said it the best in in a Vidoc saying, "Yeah, you know, Cortana knows like ninety percent of the time she knows what to do, but then there's this other ten percent of the time that she doesn't know what to do, and she leaves that up to you." Which usually requires shoot, shooting your way out of a th- out of something, which is yeah. where the quote from Hunt the Truth about <laughs> Chief comes in too, mm-hmm. about him being the that personality of he can make all those decisions and then follow through in the split second. Yep, uh, that was that's the best. Mendez was, was that Mendez that actually that said that. Mendez who said that, yeah, badass of his own right. Yep. Oh, that's Mendez from the Fall of Reach. Like, yeah, it was. Oh man, yeah. I loved, I loved the the Hunt the Truth series. Hunt the Truth was amazing. That was. Please a- tell me you like that, Pence. Please. Oh, both of them were awesomely done. Um, and uh, Javina Gavinkar. Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm I'm totally blotching her name, but she was the one who did Pharaoh in the second one. Us oh, Maya. Or Maya. Yeah. Maya. Maya Sankar. Maya oh, yeah. She's awesome. 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 And that – and the end of that one threw everyone for a twist because no one saw it coming. Well, didn't – they didn't even tell the the actors, right? Wasn't – did I did I remember – did they – was that one of the ones? I can't remember if that was – if Hunt the Truth Dust, was the one. Dust did an interview with um, Crash and uh, – Ian, who were the guys who did hunt the truth. Um, oh yeah, because she has, hasn't finished the second season. She's she's yeah. addicted to it. Okay, Ooh. we I will stop then. Yeah. But he he actually the jackal the, the uh, jackal sound effects were made by a very funny process. Freaking Kigar. ah, mm-hmm. oh, that's so awesome. <clears throat> Speaking of the Kigar, let's go into that. Yes, let's do the Covenant. Let's okay. talk about the Covenant, which is oh, a yeah. giant portion of the Halo series. Okay, the Covenant is pretty much a religious empire. It is made up of 
few races. You have the Shan Chaiyum, which are known as prophets. They're the leaders. They control all aspects, especially religious and political affairs. They're the ones who actually know the most about Forerunner technology. Real quick, the the prophets that we meet, what happened shortly after, well, shortly before the before we really get into like the meat of the games and everything, there was a civil war on their plant on their planet. You had those that really wanted to push and learn more and use the forerunner technology that that they had found, and others who said, "No, we shouldn't do this. We should just, you know, you know, essentially, it's sacred. We shouldn't do this." What ended up happening is those that wanted to use it. Um, and uh, like I said earlier, there was a, a forerunner key ship that had been used to reseed the the homeworld there, but it had crashed with a with a component with a fragment of mendicant bias. Um, they stole the key ship. It tore off a piece of the planet, <laughs> uh, and, and they took that and eventually formed what is known as High Charity, which is uh, the the mobile base for the Covenant. Um, after the Shanshayum are the Sangheili. Those are the elites. Those are the really, really bad SOBs that you that almost everyone hates fighting because <laughs> they're such a pain in the ass. They're the tip of the spear for the Covenant. Um, they're the, they're also the founding members of the Covenant. Officially, you have Those they're badasses. Yep. So, and this was a, I think this came up in the chat <clears throat> was. Um, you know the whole the whole thing of it's not that the prophets can't fight because actually we the prophets like especially those that are uh, other prophets they actually can fight and they're actually fairly efficient at fighting. However, there were so few of them that they needed somebody they needed another race to actually act as the military arm, and so they after a, a war between the two. Um, they did a uh, root of union and essentially formed this, the the covenant. Um, you then have the Yurohane. Those are the brutes. They're recent additions. They're soldiers. They're extremely br brutal, and they're also very blindly obedient, which is why the um, the prophets actually kind of betrayed the Sangheili and chose the Yurohane to, to take the lead because the Sangheili, while they're amazing fighters, also are have a very hyper, very honorable and they are extremely intelligent. Um, get into that a little bit later. You then have the Lego, Legolo. Uh, they're essentially worms, but they also form hunters. You know those really big SOBs that are all armor-plated and have a plasma cannon? They also like eating Forerunner technology. Yes, there's that too. When they're, yeah. So, um, yeah. Which is probably they, too much trivia information, but... No, that's no, actually no, pretty good. just throwing them out. Because was they, it, wait, hang on. Mm -hmm. Hang on, let me see if I remember this. Wasn't it by them eating it that the prophets actually found out that the great journey was a lie wasn't that in contact no. harvest that, that was in contact harvest what ended up having well 
Or is that that was it when? Can, the, let me, was let me when get through this, and I will I will actually get that. Okay. Um, you have, like I said, then you have the Lagoko. You then have the Kigyar. Those are the Jackal skirmishers. They are a pirate-like race that serve as scouts and marksmen. Um, they pretty much join because they realize that there's no way that they could beat the Covenant, so they decided to join them. You then have the Ungoy, the Grunts. Um, they're the lowest rank in the Covenant. They breathe methane gas. Um, and pretty much it was one of those things that they saw the Sanghelia and said, we ain't fighting against them, and joined the Covenant. Um, you have the Yanmei, which are the drones. Uh, they were mainly used as engineers until um, more Hurrogrok were found. And they were then retasked as aerial comb- combatants against the UNSC. And then, like, like I said, the last ones are the Hurrogrok. Um, excavators, data gatherers, and they pretty much do what they're told. <laughs> so there was no fighting there. Another trivia fact, the Hurrogok were the ones that started the war. Mm. Oh, no, no, wait, no, no. They didn't, no, no, they no, didn't no. start the war. They were the no, first no. ones to kill a human. Yes. Lighter On than, accident. Yes. In, which is so sad because <laughs> they're like the most pacifist of them all. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's definitely uh, was a, one of those things that it's, it's, it's a bit ironic. Yeah. I, was, I remember reading that and I was like, no. Oh, you poor floating gas bag. All right. So humanity evolved normally and their t- the timeline through the games pretty much is the same one up until um, about the 22nd century. In the 22nd century, um, humanity had started to expand into the other planets of uh, the Milky Way uh, of our – in the other planets – they colonized the moon, Mars, the Jovians. Um, they had had started terraform to make those planets planets livable. Um, unfortunately, through overpopulation, you know, the population had grown and everything. They had gone through a whole rash of civil wars. Um, during this time, the UEG was formed. The UEG is the United Earth Government. Um, it originally was formed by the United Nations uh, as a way to find a way to stop future conflict. Uh, <laughs> it was also during this time that the, um, that's funny. <laughs> it was also at this time that UNSC was formed. Um, and actually they were the ones who were able to stop all of the, the war, um, or they defeated all of the, uh, they defeated the rebels. The insurrectionists. Uh, the insurrectionists. Yeah. Thank you. Well, they were more rebels at this time. They, well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The insurrection it, was the Civil War. That was a little bit later. Right. You're talking. Um, yeah. The, yeah. Hey, this was during, this was during, you know what they call it? Humanity's golden, golden age. age. The golden yes. age. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, okay. the parallel. At this, at this point in time, um, humanity was, still struggling um, even after the UNSC had defeated all the rebels uh, because they were simply running out of space. They, they, the resources were getting dry on earth and all of the other planets. Um, something needed, they, something needed to, to break their way that occurred in 2291 
with the development of the Shah Fukujawa slips translate engine. This is what it actually allowed slip space travel. Um, eventually, um, this, like I said, they, the engine was able to uh, propel uh, ships farther, faster. Um, although one of the things that you could not really do, it's, it, it was highly imprecise, and you can never tell how long you would be in slip space. A short journey might be two weeks, could be a month. <laughs> you could be in slip space six months. Yeah. All depends where you're going. Um, and that's that's simply Lentz contraction and Albert Einstein at work, right? <laughs> yep, pretty much. It's your relative speed is is mm-hmm. monkeying with the fabric of time at that point. So what what ended up but what this did allow was the start of colonization. Um first planet that they came across was Reach. Um, eventually, in the first wave of um, colonization, there were 210 planets. These became known as the inner colonies. Um, in the in in the DVD for Halo Legends, which is also a pretty good watch, oh, there nice. is a story thus far segment, which is narrated by Frank O'Connor and also Eric Nyland has some has some uh has some pieces in there. And one of the things he said was this first wave of colonization, humanity sent their best and brightest. The second wave, not so much. <laughs> um the second wave and then this is throughout the Orion arm of the galaxy. Um after the second wave, human colonies numbered upward of eight hundred. Um where the human colony, the the much like um, back in you know when the America was a British colony, um, the colonies provided a lot of the raw resources back to the back to the inner colonies, you know, but they were still taxed heavily and whatnot, and this spurred a lot of insurrectionist movements, you know, trying to split away uh, things of that nature. Um, it wasn't too long before the slip space drive was created that Oni was created, was founded. The Office of Naval, Naval Intelligence. Yes. Those sons of bitches. Um, <laughs> I, love, I love how no matter where you stand on these, on these issues, everyone <laughs> hates Oni. Like, without question. No, just waiting for Damo to come in and be like, hey guys, they're making the hard decisions. Oh and just completely no, I don't, break I don't everything. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> carry on, carry on. <laughs> As you were, son. Right. So to to combat this, um, Oni de- developed a project called the Orion Project. What they would do uh, throughout the years, there had been experiments on augmenting humans, um, and to say that there were. It, there were there weren't varying levels of success. There was like no success. <laughs> but they they developed this Orion project to fight the insurrection, and and they did a they were somewhat successful. But it wasn't until the Covenant found uh, found the planet Harvest that it was a <clears throat> Kigyar ship with a uh, with an Ungoy religious 
religious priest with other ungoi and one Herogok by the name of Lighter Than Some. They came across a, uh, a freighter. The Herogok found a planet that was supposed to have, was indicating having millions of uh, forerunner relics and pursued it. They came across another ship that was piloted by a forerunner relic that was going to kill the Ungoy priest, and that's when Lighter Than Some threw a rock and killed the human. It's Oops. at this point in time, yes, it's at this point in time that um, in a report back to High Charity, where, and this is where, Blue, you were talking about, um, all of a sudden, oh, Mendicant, that redundant. component of Mendicant Bias comes active in the Forerunner Keyship and tries to take off. The Lagoko were able to disable the engines and prevent the Keyship from taking off, which would have taken a huge chunk of high charity with it. It's at this point in time that the prophets discover that the whole point of the great journey, which was to ascend to become, their thought was to ascend to become gods like the forerunners, was totally false. It's at this point in time that they find out that the, um, that it's humanity that are the reclaimers. Uh, they, they, misinterpreted some forerunner glyphs <laughs> and humanity is the actual inheritors of the mantle and uh, they're the ones who are supposed to lead which also was just, another great chapter to read was that, that yes. whole oh crap <laughs> yeah so in the end there the initial thought was you know the UNSC had worked out first contact scenarios but it ended up that it all went to pot and combat started. Um, it's at this point in time that the Spartan twos had been developed initially to continue fighting the insurrectionists. However, it wasn't long after, um, it was just before the whole thing with reach or that with, with harvest that the Spartan twos, which was 75 children, six years old were taken and um, brought into military training. They were augmented as preteens, at which point in time over half died and or became unable to perform military functions, and the rest all became Spartan twos. Leader was became John one Master Chief John one one seven. Um, it's at this point that um, the war gets. And I'm going to try to go through this real quick. The war get, does not go well for the human for humanity. They're able to fight the covenant to a standstill on the ground, but because of the technology, they cannot beat them in space. Um, the planet Reach, which was the first planet colonized, became a military base, the main military base, shipyards, training. Um, Every available Spartan was called back. Well, almost every available one. Um, and was a plan called Operation Red Flag. It was developed to capture a prophet, a prophet and try to sue for peace. However, the Covenant had discovered Reach by planting a tracker on a UNSC ship after a battle. And they came at Reach with a massive fleet. Now, there's a bit of a disparity here between the book and the game. 
Um, yeah. The the game indicates it was a couple of months the battle, while the book indicates it was one day. In any event, the um, <clears throat> uh, the Covenant win. Um, during this point in time, um, the Spartans on the ship Pillar of All- Autumn, piloted by uh, Ke- Captain Keys, had our had was just going out system to take to take on uh, to take on the mission of capturing a prophet. They get called back during the fight. Uh, the Pillar of Autumn under that has Cortana acting as its AI does a pretty good job, although it does take some damage. There is a there, the Spartans are split. A bunch go down planet side to protect the uh, generators that power the orbital Mac cannons. While John, Linda, and the other Spartan's name is escaping me right now, go to uh, uh, that was um, James. 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 They all they they go to an orbital dock because there's an Oni prowler that still has its navigation navigation intact. Uh, part of the general rule of thumb is if you're going to lose to the Covenant, you better dump all your navigational da- data and delete it because you do not Cole want protocol. them to find our... Yes, it's known as the Cole Protocol. Way to go, Jacob Keys. Yes. Well, so, yeah, Cole is so, badass but, of his own self. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, read The Improbable Life and... No, the yeah. Impossible Life and Probable Death of, of Preston, Preston Cole. J. Cole in Halo Evolutions. It's worth a read. Also by Eric Nyland. Um, in any event, um, they get split. Linda gets badly hurt. James gets thrown into space and dies. Um, John and Linda make it back to the, the Pillar of Autumn, but they cannot get groundside to take up, pick up the rest of the Spartans. So Cortana jumps. It does a slip space jump. Random, yet not random, and ends up at a Halo ring. At this point in time, it kicks off the whole everything in Halo CE, where um, initially you're fighting the Covenant to deny them this weapon, and the Covenant, and accidentally, excuse me, once again, humanity accidentally releases the flood. Um, throughout everything, um, John and Cortana find a way to stop the flood without firing the array by igniting the, the reactors on the pillar of autumn, it totally destroys the array. Um, it's less than a month later that halo two starts, um, where one of the pro there are three leaders of the covenant, um, three prophets, truth, regret, and mercy regret. Um, totally, on accident, finds Earth <laughs> and leads an assault. Um, <laughs> yes, that was that was just, not I love I love how they completely they, and they quickly covered that up. By the way, yes, <laughs> as usual, they're like, "Oh, oops! Oh no! Wait, this was intentional. Yeah. We were led so, here." So and so anyway, they it, they start fighting over New Mombasa. Um, the Prophet of Regret jumps out. Um, well, <sighs> yeah, 
the pro- uh, just I'll follow through with Halo Two. Um, Prophet Regret jumps out. John, along with uh, the UNSC in Amber Clad, which is a ship piloted piloted by Miranda Keys, uh, the daughter of Jacob Keys and Catherine Halsey, um, jumps out after, and they come across another Halo. Um, this is known as Delta Halo. Again. They assault, um, and Halo 2 is the one game that you ended up, you could play both as the Arbiter, and I totally skipped that. Damn. Okay. Um, Sorry. Opening scene of Halo 2 is you get to to see the Thel Vatame, who is a Sanghili who um, led the assault on uh, Reach and pursued the Pillar of Autumn. The Prophets hold him responsible for the destruction of the Halo Array and name him a heretic, brand him. But to regain his honor, to regain some honor, he can he can become what's known as the Arbiter. The Arbiter used to be a, a, a very honorable station in the Sangheili, but due to a one Arbiter that was or, uh, adamantly against joining the Covenant, the role of Arbiter then became one of shame. Um, that yeah, story uh, is in Halo Legends. Yeah, Pence, is that the short, is that the short with the... Uh, the duel. The duel, yes, that one is... It's kind of done in, like... Watercolor. Like, like, watercolor, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's so that's good. really good. Yeah. Um, and so you start off as the Arbiter to find... That 343 Guilty Spark went, uh, there's a gas giant that was near the original Halo Array um, that was being worked on by other members of Covenant. Well, Guilty Spark goes over there, Duvall mentions what the true nature of the Halo is. This incites a rebellion. The Arbiter is sent to quell the rebellion, which he does. The 343 Guilty Spark is also captured. Um, At this point, <clears throat> the at, at this point and this kind of bounces back and forth here it's kind of hard because Halo 2 is one where you're always bouncing back and forth between the two storylines it ends up that <clears throat> there's an assault on Delta Halo there is uh, to try to stop to make sure that the the uh, index what allows the Halo rate of fire isn't used um there's a the there's a Eurohane chief called uh, Tartarus that uh, um, leads the assault, and during this process, the Arbiter uh, discovers that the prophets have betrayed the Sangheili, and they've sla- he's slaughtered a bunch of Sangheili, and uh, Tartarus and the Eurohane have taken their place. This instigates what's known as the uh, Great Schism between the Covenant. And causes the Sangheili to side with the UNSC. Um, it's also at this point that uh, John 117 and the Arbiter um, are captured by. Um, John is actually able to slay the Prophet of Regret, uh, but both are both the Arbiter and uh, John are captured by. Um, 
the grave mind because the flood was released again. And <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> I'm real sorry about this. I'm trying to, I know we're getting close on time, so I'm no just worries. trying to run through no, it. It's, no. it's a lot of information. Yeah. No, you've got it going on. So, um, in any event, the flood convinces the two of them to work together to make sure to stop the the prophets because the flood doesn't want to die, and neither do neither does John or the Arbiter. John is sent to high charity to try to stop the other prophet, um, and the Arbiter is able to. The Arbiter is the one who's actually able to stop Tartarus from firing the ring. However, uh, in stopping him from firing the ring. He pulls the activation index, which is what would fire it. The problem is, is when you do that, you put every Halo array in standby mode. And that's where that part ends. So John ends up on high charity to try to, to kill the other prophet. He fights his way through high charity. Um, in Amber Clad, actually, um, let me back. One of the things is that during this, the flood break into high charity and start to contaminate the whole place. Um, there's also the civil, the civil war between the Sangheili and the rest of the, in the um, Girohane and the rest of the Covenant is occurring outside of high charity too. John makes his way to the key ship to stop the prophet of truth. Um, at this point, he and Cortana split are separated. Cortana says that what she'll do is she will detonate the uh, reactor of in amber clad, which was crashed into uh, high charity to destroy the flood. Um, this is where the, the line comes, you know, don't make a girl a promise if you can't keep it because John promised he would be back. You know, once he was done, um, John gets on the key ship, key ship jumps, ends up, by Earth, John notifies the UNSC that he's on the key ship. And one of the most frustrating ends to any video game occurs at this point in time where John, where uh, the Admiral says, what are you doing on that ship? <laughs> and John's response is, finishing this fight. Screen goes dark. Oh, God. And you Colors. sit there for like five minutes waiting for it to finish, and it doesn't. Right. But then you go through it on Legendary hoping that they finish yeah. it. And yeah, they and they don't. don't. No. <laughs> there were, I, but, I'm, I'm, I am certain that there were controllers thrown. But you gotta, at this place. Point. You've got to admit that is a, a pretty OP drop the mic line right there. Oh, yeah. oh, well, oh gee, that's like Chief's standard comment is a mic yeah, drop. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> so freaking awesome. I mean, so, looking looking back at it, yeah, it's an utterly awesome line. But at the time, when you're in the game and you're just you're all kinds annoying. of, you're, it's like let's get it on, and it's like what? What do you mean it's over? <laughs> what do you no. mean I have to wait another how many years for you to yeah. finish this thing? Okay, so, so we have we do have we do have a question in chat yeah. from Kyojin. Actually, we have a couple, but I'm going to start with the one that I'm trying to answer, and I think I got the answer, but it's a good okay. point. Um, so, Kyojin's saying, with Halo Reach, right, the game, mm -hmm. the Spartan yes. 3s were there mm -hmm. during the fall, which the Halo Reach game took place at 25, 2552. Correct. 
the Spartan threes were in existence from 2536 to 2552. So continuity-wise, that makes sense. However, <clears throat> Ghost of Onyx, Kyojin says that he think he he's remembering Ghost of Onyx saying that they weren't created until after. Is that? And I can't I can't find where Ghost of Onyx takes place. Ghost of Onyx occurs. I know. Um, I mean, I know it's not after, on Reach. Obviously, it's on uh, Onyx, yeah. but right. The 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 book Ghost of Onyx um, takes place after First Strike. The first three books in the trilogy are um, Fall of Reach. Go, uh, That's right. That's right. First Strike and Ghost of Onyx. Ghost of Onyx occurs after. Um, after that, now the Spartan threes, um, batshit insane. Well, as well, even, they weren't. This, this they is, weren't okay. as long as they had their boosters. Well, no, okay, might as well forget about finishing it off because it's like okay. I can this <laughs> I can explain in ten minutes. <laughs> I, it's like okay. This is what this is what okay. The Spartan threes were with the success of the Spartan twos. Now the problem is with the Spartan twos. Catherine Halsey had created a lot of enemies. Um, Colonel Ackerson, um, who was a James Ackerson, who was uh, a Spartan, was UNSC Army. Admiral Parangoski, who was the head of ONI at the time, bitch. Sorry, sorry. Um, and a few <laughs> others. Um, what it, what they wanted to do is essentially make they they felt that the Spartans were effective, but they were way too expensive uh, to train and equip a Spartan two. Was the same as to co- as to create to build a spaceship. <laughs> well, that and the whole PR issue, right? So what they did is they decided, okay, we need to make these cheaper. So what they did is they found orphans, war orphans, and That's right. That's right. they they quote unquote asked them if they wanted a chance to get back at the covenant. So they formed these companies. Um, of about 300. They went through training. There was some augmentation nowhere near what the Spartan 2s did. did. And they, their armor was cheaper. It was SPI armor. Um, the first operational um, alpha company um, uh, let's see here. Alpha company was formed um, in 2531 on Onyx. And they were sent into action in what's known as Operation Schmieden Prometheus. Every all three hundred were just were killed on that mission. They then had Beta Company. Beta Company was approved right after Operation Prometheus. You had four hundred eighteen candidates that became three hundred Spartans. Um, they went through a tougher training regimen to try and. Uh, um, to try and um, make them last longer. Um, however, they went on Operation Torpedo and all 300 were dead at that time. Then you had Gamma Company. Now, one of the things with the Spartan 3s is one of their trainers, the main trainer, was actually a Spartan 2. It was Kurt 051. Who was thought to be dead. Right. And it was actually... Ackerson and Parangoski manipulated a mission 
Um, now, at this point in time, Kurt051 was a member of Blue Team, which means he was under Chief's command, and it, essentially they faked his death. They convinced him that he, they needed him to help train the next batch of Spartans along with Mendez. Now, after seeing, and he took the last name of Ambrose and was promoted to, uh, I think, Lieutenant Commander, if I remember right. Um, with Gamma Company, after seeing two companies of his Spartans destroyed and killed, he authorized the use of a lot of very dangerous drugs that when essentially would enhance the whole the whole fight um, you know the whole flight fight versus flight right. thing yeah it enhances the fight stuff meaning they essentially go utterly nuts and well they um, become suicide squads yes pretty much Ad- yeah. adrenaline adrenaline mm-hmm. no, yeah it's like adrenaline times like a hundredfold it, it was ridiculous so at this point um, you know it, it's at this point that uh like I said, you have uh, Gamma Company. They were the ones that all went through this. Now, it's at this point in time that it is discovered. Before, Gamma Company actually never saw combat. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it was during this point in time that it was discovered that on, the, the world of Onyx was a shield world and had a, essentially sitting on a Dyson Sphere and was attacked by um, Covenant and... Um, Sentinels, which were forerunner um, defense drones. Um, it's also at this time that Catherine Halsey finds her way to Onyx and requests all remaining Spartan twos to join her. At which point in time, they get trapped inside of the Dyson Sphere. Right, which was really so, confusing when Blue Team shows up in Halo Five because it's like, where the fuck did you guys come from? Because right. you were stuck in a Dyson Sphere, which was explained in I think it was Kilo 5 trilogy. Yes, in the Kilo 5 trilogy, they were released. They yeah, were released they, they saved however you want. Whatever, yeah. 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 So but yeah. So when you're talking Spartan 3s, um and then you also have they, the headhunters. Headhunters yeah, are awesome. They were those are also Spartan 3s. They were just ones developed for specific jobs. And then actually, Spartan B three one two. Was it B one? Did I say B? Uh, uh, B1? Which one? Yep, Spartan B three one two, the one you play in. Oh Hit yeah, Reach the Wolf, the Lone Wolf. The only other Spartan known with the rating of hyper lethal. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. so yeah, I mean. So, yeah, the Spartan three, the timelines do work out; they are correct. Um, it's a little, so, it's a little tight. Eh. I also like how the Spartan threes are cat twos, or can are called cat twos. I think that was yeah, yeah. They're but, kinda, uh, well, honestly, yeah. uh, no. I was going to say we we criticize Bungie an awful lot for their for their vagueness in their de- destiny story, but can you blame them? With these convergences of timelines and just the the conflux of story that we have here, that they've got to reconcile on a on a 
release well, by release and, basis. You know, we were kind of chatting about this before. It, it was one of those things where they could, as, as far as you know, coming back into Destiny, they could rectify a lot of their issues if they just came out with some, you know, we call it expanded universe mm-hmm. um, novels, like what they did with Halo. Because, you know, that's what, you know, pins and we were talking about before was the fall of reach that book pins corrected me fall of reach actually did come out before the first halo no one read it before the first halo well (laughs) not many people read it because no one really knew what it was about until after afterwards but it would it would go a huge i mean it would be a huge step in the right direction for making sure you know hey there is a really rich lore here i mean just Mm -hmm. just look at halo this is where I mean this is this is where Bungie came from. Well not really, but this is their big step to which led into Destiny. I mean we made right. fun of the parallels, but geez, there I mean there's a parallel you could throw a rock and hit fifty parallels between the two universes. Yeah. And, um, and, and there's the a dreadnought. Okay. <laughs> there's a need there's a isn't there a needle ship? <laughs> there's we, an ecumene. There, there's an ecumene. <laughs> yes, there's there's an there is an ecumene. And then we find that's one thing I was noticing earlier. Is there are so many different, like the terminologies are so similar. It's stupid. I mean, you're. Uh, I mean, it's, the, it's the, hard the, to the, it's hard to the break phrase, away from it too. Yeah, the the phrase guardians. Okay, in in Halo Two, Halo Three, when you died by something doing something stupid in multiplayer, what did it say? Killed by the guardians. So I yes. hated those. You things. know, happened to me all the time. Yeah, I was about to say yes. I mean, here's the thing with with the time and now with the timeline in what happens inside of Halo, um, it actually we're so when you're talking about Halo and Justin, you hit it right on the head very early. Halo is a linear game, right? Um, you know, you start at one point, you move your way to the end, and you're seeing one very essentially a very narrow piece of the story. All of this other fiction and everything, like builds upon it. It, it. it gives it mass. It gives it it weight. It gives it gives everything weight. Um, and, and in that, you have a ton of parallel parallel stuff going on here. You know, uh, you know the Spartan. You know, you have your Spartan twos getting um, stolen or kidnapped and, and created and whatnot. And it's not very long after that that all of a sudden the Spartan 3 start coming into play. But again, that's – I mean so everything fits in the timeline. Everything has – you know, logically fits. It's just that you have so many different things happening at one time. Um, and I, I will say that Bungie did a great job at leading it off. And I think 343 has done a really good job – kind of continuing it for the most part they've had a couple of missteps drops here and there but you know i think they're the also other- there i mean you have to you know kind of going off on a little bit <clears throat> of a tangent for a development standpoint this is mm-hmm. this is 343's what second major title on their own yes so yep. i mean as many people love giving them grief it's like calm down no mm-hmm. it's, oh, it's it's a lawn chair oh god you and that <laughs> yeah. stupid lawn chair but I mean, and, and you know, we'll, and I, I'm not saying that they're perfect games. I, I have a lot of complaints about the way that the story is presented yep. in four and five. I think that yes. there's a balance that, but I think they're getting closer to the balance. And Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the multiplayer in five is 
effing amazing. But um, <laughs> the the story is just it, it. It's one of those things where it's coming from a Halo universe and going into a Destiny universe. It's like there's there are a ton of parallels. But they're also very thematic parallels. They're not mm-hmm. like I mean they yes they're using the same terminology. <clears throat> I mean, there's only so many English words, people. It, you know whatever. But right. there's also a lot of themes that are identical, but they're very broad themes. And so I mean I make fun of them just as much as the next person. I'll still make fun of them after we're done talking here. But mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things where it's like it's a battle of light and darkness. It, it, you can't yeah. really get more basic and more primordial than that. It, it, it yeah. Like, Justin, Justin just said good versus evil. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. I think it's light and dark because I'm not mm. saying that dark is evil. We will have that conversation later. But <laughs> the, um, I mean, it's a, it's a two. It's well, it's a, it's a conflict. It's a that's what it yeah. is. So yeah, redirect. Yep, yep. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No. I really love the the Halo lore and what I really more than anything, like all the forerunner stuff is interesting and it's very complex and it, it leaves you in the dust really quick if you don't keep up. But I love the human aspect of it. Like hunt the truth for me was that that was as vividly as I've ever had a picture painted to me over audio. I felt like I was Ben Jero. Like I felt his urgency and his, his kind of fraying at the seams. Mm-hmm. And just a lot of that, a lot of that human side to the lore, all the Oni mysteriousness and, and all that. I just, I love it. I love it so much. Cause I like conspiracy stuff. <laughs> well, and, and, and Kyojin actually brought this up earlier in the chat and I, I didn't make any comment about it at the time. Cause it was, it was a conversation we were having on the side. But he, he, he made the point, too. I mean, so first off, you know, recognize Halo kind of revolutionized this game style. You know, you, you can't take that away from Halo. They, they kind of made this, this first-person shooter science. They, mm-hmm. they kind of engineered this. But then they also really did a good job, especially in Halo 2, and especially, especially in the expanded universe of Halo, they humanized the villains. They made villains who, you know, you felt sympathy for. And I mean, Halo Two. Look at the Arbiter. You want you wanted the Arbiter to survive. I mean, right. Can, and yet, at the same time, the Arbiter is working against, to a degree, against what you are. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're human. You're fighting. And it was it was one of those things where they really revolutionized the concept of playing both sides against each other, but not but making them ultimately in a bigger picture come together. Which is why I always hesitate to say the light is good and the dark is evil, is because in in oh god in uh, <laughs> Bungie's world, I don't think it's that simple. It's never that simple, you know. No, no do not start the hashtag Grunt Lives Matter. Grunt Lives Matter. I want it trending by, by night's end. Get on. Hashtag pain as a person. Oh god! You <laughs> see, this is this is what happens when you start read using your hashtags. show notes, Willie. Just read your show notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's it's the other thing is and and I hate um comparing Destiny and Halo. Um they're actually two totally different kind of games. Yeah. Uh, yes. And the the one thing though that I'll say and and you know uh, like I said I've no I knew a lot of people who were really excited for Destiny 
but the lack of a story is what drove them away. Um, the the thing is that in, in in the term of the lifespan of a game, Halo is more mature than Destiny. Uh, Destiny's only been out for a couple of years. It's still a work in progress. It's still building its world. Halo's world has been built. <laughs> right. That it, it's just being, you know, the foundation's there. Destiny is still kind of laying that foundation. Um, and so, I mean, is Halo my main game? Yeah. But I can I can respect the lore that is already there in Destiny. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, like I said, I think it's, you know, and Bungie has its own designs and timeline, and they may not want to repeat what they did with Halo. I mean, who knows? Uh, but, um, you know. I think that's the whole allure with the Destiny lore right now, as it is. Mm-hmm. Is there so many blanks, holes? <laughs> oh, yeah. Shut up. Um, <laughs> there's just so many holes in the Destiny timeline and in the lore itself that you can make your own story right now. Um, whereas Halo, man, it, it's like a whole nother subject. That's a whole nother story with the that they've done these little parts of the lore that aren't in the in the game. You know, there's books, there's comic books, there's things on the Halo channel that you can check out, little mini movies, full blown movies mm-hmm. that you know, you, you gotta follow all of this to uh, keep up with Halo. Unless you know pens. Then you just have him explaining all this shit to you, and then you're like, ah, okay. You got another no, two uh, hours? I might be actually be able to finish up. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, one thing I really like about what Halo's been over this this whole course, and what 343's actually done moving forward, is they're very liberal with their info. Like, they're, right. they're actually really liberal with their lore, uh, whereas... Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Destiny, they're very cautious about giving too much because they, I don't know if they feel like they don't have. Well, I, I think that right now, you know, this, this is just. moment. Right. Or, and I think but, at the moment, I and this is just my opinion, you know, granted, but I think that honestly, Des- so exactly what Penns was saying, Halo, Halo's been around for what? 15 years. 15 years now? Yeah. it's. I mean. Destiny's been around for two years. They're still they're they're still trying to build the foundation of the game. I mean, they're doing. I mean, look at look at any of the weekly updates. They are constantly tweaking the gameplay. And when you have programmers who are doing that much work, just trying to balance gameplay out, they're not going to be worried. I mean, they, they know, there is a lot of story. We know there's you know the three the four of us know that there are a lot of story. Everyone in Focus Fire Chat knows there's tons of story there. Mm-hmm. But you have to you have to have the the um, the inclination to go and search for it. You know you have to you you have to go look for it. Whereas with Halo, it's kind of like it's been around for so long that you can't swing a bat and not get punched with enough information to probably sate your curiosity. But the the other thing is exactly what we're you know what we've already kind of established halo's been around for so long that right now the only thing they really need to talk about they they have a foundation that they're pretty comfortable with now granted they're changing it with the new consoles and stuff like that which we've seen in halo 5 but really 
really? The core game mechanics are already there. They're, they don't really need to tweak anything. So they can focus on that, that lore distribution. Whereas I think with Bungie, they're kind of on the opposite side of the pendulum. They're focusing on getting a foundation built so that, you know, then they can focus on the lore. Now, I mean, and we can argue all day about whether or not that's the best way to do it. But I think that when you have to you when you have to choose whether to have a smoothly functioning game or a robust story, most first person shooters are gonna go with the functioning game. And well, I'll be honest should. and I'll be honest, <laughs> Destiny has one of the smoothest UIs that I've ever played. And I, yeah. it's it is yes. one mechanically of the most, speaking, mechanically yeah. speaking, it is in, in my opinion, second to none. S- Halo Five, Halo Five SWAT is quickly making me doubt my statement there, but right now, <laughs> I mean, just you can pick up Destiny and it's just smooth. It is, and, and I think the, the, that that to me tells me that they are focusing on making sure that the game presentation is very strong, and they they already have a lot of lore. So all they have to do is once they get that presentation, you know, right when they get that balance that they want, they just flip a switch and they just go, oh yeah, here's all this lore stuff. I would have done it slightly different. I would have, you know, probably had someone come in and do some lore work, like what they did with Halo. But I, obviously, that's that's a business decision that they made. Well, they had um, they had somebody from another studio come in, or you know, somebody that knows what they're doing as far as writing goes, to do the Books of Sorrow, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I think it was General Batusta. I think was the user that comes to mind with the Books of Sorrow. But I don't know if he was out. I don't, I don't know if he's actually an, an employee of Bungie now or not. It's a unknown, a known unknown. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I know, I know that I know a few of the writers, um, but they. It's not like I mean, they don't have an Eric Newland. They don't have a, you know, a Travis laying around. So that's that's the part to me that was like. That that was my that was my thing. It's like why why don't you put a book out or a comic book? I mean, comics are super easy, and they it's not like they don't have enough content to put a comic book out. You know, Jesus put put the story of the last word into a comic book and just let that thing go. Well, if you do that, you got to make sure you include the first curse at some point, right? And, 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 it's, and yeah, and then there's yeah. Then there's that too. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. And some of the, and that's the other. I mean, and that goes to your point is these holes in the story. You know, are they actual holes or are they just being redacted at the current time to be later released as game? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, we're mm-hmm. we're going to end up finding out who Dragonor actually was. Um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be more of a story of how the first curse and the last word are connected. Right. Uh, I'm sure pray the story is going to end up playing out in time. You know, um, I, I have a real strong feeling that Bungie is going to have that the fact that Kabir is still not confirmed dead. I think they're going to bring that to a full circle at some point. It's just uh, like you said, they got so much to work on now because this is still it, it's a new IP considering. And, and it's also a massively larger IP than Halo. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it's it, it's you know you're. you're it has one thing player. that no go for it. People can't say that they have the people like that, like that right. play multiple hours each day for over a year. You know, right? 
And I never played a game as much as I do Destiny. Damn it. It keeps sucking me back in. I can't I can't confirm that statement, but that's because Bethesda is so much better at it. Um, but the the other point is from a lore perspective, you're also dealing with a more MMO type game. So like your individual player has their own storyline, whereas with Halo you're playing one person. You know, it's a very linear presentation. Your your person has a very established uh, set of checkpoints that they are going to get through. Um, whereas with Destiny, it's it's. I mean, you have you have a set point of checkpoints, but your character has their own place in the universe, and you're playing with hundreds of thousands of other characters and millions of other characters all who have places inside that universe. So that story is obviously going to be exponentially more difficult to to um, portray in a way because you're also they're forming the story as they play. You know, that's the other thing that's different here. But you are, you are becoming legend as Bungie right. put it. So some of us are already there. Potato internet's back. All right, we are we are a little bit over. If we want to wrap it up, any last thoughts, pins? I will let you. I will bow to your (laughs) superior knowledge here. Yeah, the to to try to rush through the rest of it just isn't going to won't do it justice. but there are a lot of really good resources out there, um, you know that that are relatively short. Um, there's a YouTube video put up by Unishek, who uh, was a streamer, Halo streamer, and he's now actually working for Three Four Three. It's like the Halo story in 15 minutes. It's U N Y S H E K. I actually put the link in the had the link in the uh, band chat. Um, it's really good. Um, there are, I know the, I know glitch posted a, um, timeline. That's also really good. Um, I mean, I would also recommend anyone who wants to know about the story, you know, just the story, uh, again, visit halo Canon. You can, uh, his videos are awesome. The halo archives really good. Um, podcast evolved um, and forward unto dawn. They are more lore based as well, and you can also. I mean, there's also the general, like uh, Podtacular. They sometimes focus on more blogs like Halo Fan for Life, um, with you know they do a lot of general Halo stuff, but they also do touch on lore every now and again. Um, so, um, I mean, I. I, I mean, I don't think I've done the timeline the justice it really needs, um, mainly because there's so much. But uh, I, anyone who's interested, if like I said, the, the the resources are out there, and you can find summaries that will go through it. Uh, and then if there's something that you like, you know, you can kind of pick it up from there. Um, I personally think the Halo um, storyline is. To me, it's the only thing that's above it from a from a sci-fi is Star Wars. Um, 
See, yeah, this from, is, from, this from is why I like him, guys. This is, this is why I like Pals. Spoilers. I'm going to go be taking my son to see that here uh, in the next couple days. I think I think we're gonna we're we're gonna follow every other social media site, and I think January first is the the lifting of the spoiler band. But we yes. will. I think we're gonna definitely make sure that people in those chats know, so that no, yeah. I mean, and, and it's not okay to ruin Star Wars. That's just no, 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 it, it's, no it's, not, not. it's not. It's not. But that's why I'm saying <laughs> I will make sure that I will shout that as loudly as I can in that chat room before we we let people start talking about it. But yeah, that would you know, like I said, um, there are resources out for. I don't want to for anyone else who's interested in the lore. I would just those are the the sites that I mentioned are probably the ones I would go to uh, and check. And frankly, if you catch me in a chat someplace or or online, you know, I, you have a question, I'll be glad to answer it if I can. So. Right, and pins. If you want to send, put those links up in the show notes, and I'll put them on the the uh podcast post so sure. people can get that and then also we'll we'll make sure to get them i think i need i need to update that main post on the band chat all right justin final thoughts final thoughts halo lore is amazing i feel ashamed for my skimming through it at first glance um but i consume lore in a much different way now so I'm really enjoying it. I like I told uh, Pins earlier. I just I just recently bought The Fall of Reach, and I'll be reading it. And uh, um, I plan to read through all the books actually. So uh, I'm really looking forward to to digging a little bit more into it. Um, I can see how all the forerunner, the forerunner lore in particular, can be a little bit um, daunting, much like the books of Sorrow is. Um, but it's it's a lot deeper. <laughs> but um, which is even more daunting, but I love it. I love all this stuff. This is great. And I really, I'm glad Penns was here tonight. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll second that for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then Willie, you want to lead? Why don't, um, Willie, why don't you, why don't you do final thoughts and then lead us into giving us some shout outs to. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and go into my final thoughts, but yeah, mm-hmm. you, you go ahead and you look at, one, the Halo lore is so rich, it's so hard to get in, into it all at once, which is why it's a good thing we have guys like Pens here that break down the lore for us. And uh, when you do go into it, it does, I mean, there's a lot of terminology, like we mentioned earlier, that resonates with Destiny as well. You know, that you can mean um, the needle ship, the, the dreadnought, crying out loud. And uh, going into that, I guess we'll go ahead and we'll lead into the shout-outs. My shout-outs, of course, will go out to Dads of Destiny. The old KP, Kingpin, wouldn't be here without him. Of course, Foxtrot, that's the, the clan that keeps me dragging me back into the game. God love him for it. And uh, shout-out to Mr. Blue over here for it's all together for this lovely cross-community chat that we get to argue in all the time. And... Uh, on that note, Blue, it's on you. All right. And just, you know, quick shout out for uh, we, we actually did get featured on the Destiny Lore subreddit this week. Uh, so, quick shout out to Real Coolio Man. I think he finally jumped into the 
the band chat. Um, but I'm not, I'm, I can't remember. We have a couple of their moderators in there and we're really enjoying having them in there. But if you guys have not checked that subreddit out as well as the Cryptarch subreddit, those are both amazing sources for Destiny lore. And then, you know, just in the spirit of tonight's podcast, really, um, if you haven't or you are not aware of Podtacular, which is pretty much my what are you doing? Halo addiction or the way I feed my Halo addiction, check them out. Um, they're simply amazing. And that that group is extremely knowledgeable about pretty much everything. They, they do a lot of discussion about game uh, mechanics, but they also do, like with the Hunt the Truth, they had an analysis of every episode <clears throat> on Hunt the Truth. And we mentioned it earlier in the the episode here, but they did have actually, I think it was Noah and... Ian. Noah Ian, and Ian. Noah and Ian, who were pretty much the... Noah was the writer, wasn't Am I yeah. remembering that correctly? Yeah. So, I mean, they... Yeah, he, Dust is Dust is an amazing the, person the greatest, to listen to. The greatest thing about that was is that we that they'd be it be it was Dust Godzilla uh, T and uh, Toa Halo Cannon in there discussing it. Oh yeah, and, and oh and yeah, they were in the chat. Ian I and forgot Crash would that. be in the chat. It was great because they were actually doing one of the episodes while they were listening to the <laughs> yes. the, the the stream. They were editing. Yeah, it yeah, was great. It that that group is. That that actually was one of the groups that actually really made me interested in podcasting. So definitely give them a follow. And they stream. They stream every Thursday nights, I believe. So yeah. and they're Thursday on. night eight. Uh, Thursday night nine p.m. Eastern time. Right. So nice. And Justin, big shout out to Glitch from last week for being an awesome co-host and encouraging me to be an idiot. Um, and also to Pins for this week for being an awesome co-host and encouraging me to not be an idiot. Uh, <laughs> um, big shout out. And also pins. I'd love to have you back anytime there is a halo info dump or any kind of increase in halo lore. Love to have it be a standing tradition. To have you come explain it to us? Um, <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to have to have more because I definitely. think we, we just, what did we hit halo two? We have yeah, the end of Halo. The, the end of Halo Two. Yeah. Well, how many years did we do in two hours? It's pretty good. Um, uh, several couple, billion years. Yeah, I was say. <laughs> yeah. So, um, also, uh, I'd like to give a big shout out to Operation Manbag, the DoD Shadow White crew. Uh, my newest Stop love. <laughs> he's paying. My newest love, and is where you will see me a lot here in the near to not so far future uh star wars battlefront which is op they should definitely nerf it um it's so awesome and then that's it that's it and uh willie no ishtar shout out this week what's going on yeah i, I forgot my boys over there at ishtar but <laughs> we're actually uh for all your halo actually Lord. following them on twitter <laughs> by actually right now um does anybody remember exactly it's like it Ishtar, Ishtar, Ish. yeah, Ishtar, C O L L. Ishtar, C O L L. You know, give them a shout over on uh, Twitter. Follow that website because I mean, they they if they they can be on point with something, they let they have a whole system right. where it's like okay, we know we're right about this, 
I learned this the other day that there's... Right this is far-fetched, but it's in there, so we're going to do this. Like, they have a color scheme, and everything's just so well-organized. I love that website. Can't get enough of it. And, I also uh, learned the other day that there's only three people that do that entire site. Well, maybe we should have them on here someday. Someday I, soon. I'm, I'm talking... They're, they, they're actually on the, the Destiny Lore subreddit, so I've been talking to a couple of them. But yeah, that was, that was an interesting thing. There you go, buddy. Blues yeah, because uh, we wouldn't be able to. I, I mean, I know I. That's where I get most of my stuff from. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. They're that, anytime there's a card to look up, or you know, you want to look at a generic timeline. Bam! I, I go to Ishtar Collective immediately. So this is a shout out to those guys for such a bang up job, and you know, we will continue to use that as a. <clears throat> informational tool and pens pens got any shout outs and give us give us where we can find you on the interwebs <sighs> all right well um the twitter uh it's pens halo uh p-e-n-s underscore halo um and my gamer gamer tag is the same um like i said um Big thank you to you guys for having me on. Um, made it fun. I frankly was nervous as all get out. Um, and like I said, the, the shout outs would have to be um, Halo Fan for Life, Podtacular, Halo Canon, Halo Archive, Podcast Evolved, Forward Unto Dawn, and the rest of the the, the Halo uh, community out there. I mean, it's a great it's a great community. Um, it's passionate and, uh, there's some, even with the fact that Halo is not the, uh, big dog on the block anymore, there's still a lot of really good information out there and, and, uh, good conversations out there too. Um, I'm nowhere near as good as any of those sites that I mentioned, uh, when it comes to stuff, but I'm just glad to. You guys thought of me. Uh, he's lying. Come on, so he's, he's completely lying true. because <laughs> I don't believe a word. Maybe, maybe Halo Cannon. I'll, I'll give you that because that guy's a walking lexicon of everything. He's he's basically my. I view him on the same level as Grim Brother One, but yeah. <laughs> other than that, I don't. I don't believe any of that. Yeah, uh, Pens. We've actually been starting a petition. For you to change your name to Destinypedia. Um, <laughs> and we'll pay for it, of course. Uh, Gamer tag. Uh, but yeah, man. Solid with all that knowledge, bro. Definitely uh, thank you. lighten me on quite a few things this week. But yeah, and so as as you know, as you can obviously tell, after two and a half hours of this, we, we have taken our first step outside of the Destiny universe. Um and, and just to let you know, Cogen. Yeah, but I was just about to say that. Yeah, Bungie three four three Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. Bungie uh, Bungie laid laid the groundwork, and three four three has been doing doing yeoman work, carrying it on. Um, they may have stumbled every now and again, but uh, they've done a, a really good job at it. So, but I was going to say, I think we're going to try to introduce. Maybe once a week, every month, we're going to try to... W- w- our, our topics are decided by poll, as we kind of said at the beginning. But I'm going to try to talk... I'm going to try to toss items in that are not Destiny into at least one poll a month. Um, 
just to kind of get it kind of get a mix up going um honestly i think next month i think i'm going to get shouted out because they probably are going to want to do star wars and it's going to be absolutely mind-boggling and difficult to do because as much as there's information on halo and all the other games that we play star wars is Star Wars is an IP that's been around I, since oh the 70s. Jesus, man. it's so much more so. information. But so we'll we'll see where that one where that one goes. Um that being said, I'm going to go ahead and mark this as the end. So last words go. Man as a person. Woot. Work work work. <laughs>